0: Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games, I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert, how's it going?
1: It's going good, how's it going for you?
0: Going alright, going good. Uh, Just a bit of a note to, well, you and everyone, I was doing some podcasting stuff last last night and obviously today setting up this. Um... The Wi-Fi in this room has been a little bit off, so if like, Robert cuts out a little bit at some point, or something like that, um, I think that's because we've had like some very bad uh, rain and stuff, and it's started since then. So, hopefully we should be okay, um, but uh, we'll see how things go. Other than that, um, welcome back this week, of course. Uh, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, a good chunk of Starfield. I passed another major story event i uh, obviously not going to spoil it for the people that don't want it spoiled. It is a very significant event. You just I'll only say that you meet two people and then the basic backstory behind the artifacts that you collect gets explained to an extent. Uh, I'm kind of at a holding pattern right now, which is a weird phrase, but it's oddly accurate. In that where I need to go to, my ship doesn't have the capability of getting there because they do take distance into effect. And so now I have to start doing some research into either buying or building a good enough ship in order to get where I need to go. So that's kind of a frustrating point. Cool. All right.
0: Um, what else have you been playing?
1: Uh, I've been playing a lot of medieval... A uh, lo- lot of medieval dynasty. I finally got to the point to where I can mine iron,
0: which the
1: way the level and skill progression goes, that's pretty high up there. Um, It takes, because the way it works is you do stuff, obviously you get experience, and then that that unlocks other things. But it's not like a straight to iron. You can't just grind it out. It's got to go through step after step after step after step. But getting to the point where you can do iron stuff, at least mining it, is uh, pretty far out there. But outside of those two games, not really a whole lot.
0: Cool. Uh for me this week, um, me and my dad who I've mentioned before we play our FIFA seasons together. Uh, we don't play ultimate team. We've never even sort of Huh? I think so a... you kinda of cut out there. Uh, I think there's like a slight delay between us. Um yeah, we were continuing our um FIFA seasons. Um myself and my dad, I think I've mentioned that we do that before. Um we finished our fifth... Because you get 15 seasons in each game, which is a traditional thing for uh, FIFA. Apparently, the football manager games go on. You can just go on forever. But the problem... Well, not really a problem. The thing with that is, as as cool as an idea as that is, you'll end up with all completely unknown players at one point because everybody will retire. Um, we finished our final season basically perfectly. We won every single trophy, which was not easy. Um, but we really built like this elite team over a course of 10 plus years like basically our, our academy players who we had when we started ended up being sort of like the elite legend kind of things which is sort of how that's supposed to go anyway so that was great but it was that intense thing of like you're in four competitions you slowly win them or six competitions actually if you count the first two and uh so that was kind of going on so that was good we ended up perfectly um, we got FIFA 23 because there's no reason to get EAFC 24, um, plus it's not in a good state. <laughs> um, the It's a very, very interesting discovery I made um, between pi- d- d- dabbling in EA- EAFC 24, which I'd mentioned before, and uh, playing FIFA 23. Now, I know the usual joke every year for FIFA and for Call of Duty is, oh, it's the same game every year. I, and I, I get the joke. It's not one it's one that I disagree with on occasions, depending on which games come out or, or whatever. Um, for Call of Duty, I wouldn't say that's the case because they're in different time periods. For FIFA, you could certainly argue that. And I would say there hasn't been a more relevant year for that argument than, than this year. Um, so if you take... FIFA 23 is a game, of course you've got different coaches, you've got different players and different teams and different kits, which is the, the standard from year to year. Um, apart from the coaching system on EA FC 24, I'll just say FC 24, which doesn't work anyway, it's, which is glitched, it is the same game. And I, I, I mean that sort of at least from the things I've clicked on, I've not checked out like the ultimate team in in both modes, and I've checked out the the career mode, the menus, the animations, those sorts of things. Um, from a base game, it it, it is the same game, <laughs> which I know is usually the joke of like, oh, new FIFA, same thing as last year but reskinned. I I I wouldn't agree more any more on a year than. Certainly this particular year, which is interesting because, of course, EA and FIFA uh, fell out over money. And that's why it's called FC24 and not FIFA24. Again, apart from the coaching system, which, again, doesn't work properly anyway, so there's not really much point using it. um, Because if you decide to change your coaching system, you can't sack coaches because the game freezes when you attempt to do so. Uh, They may patch that out in the future or whatever, but that's still not good from the start. Uh, besides the fact from that, you can still use pretty much a normal tactic system anyway, and uh, kind of go from there. Um. So yeah, it's like the, the the menus are exactly the same. The gameplay is, at least from what I've played, uh, for, from a good chunk of both games, is pretty much the same. Uh, the hypermotion technology thing is the same. Um, there's maybe a little bit of graphical difference, maybe I suppose, for a few lighting choices. Um. There's maybe a few celebrations that the players do on the new game they didn't do on the on last year's game, but those are very very small things. And of course, like graphically, I don't expect both games to be exactly the same. Um, yeah, it's. But I I would genuinely say, for those of you that are thinking, oh, I want to pick up a new football game, I would pick up FIFA twenty three. One because it's a lot lot cheaper, and also because if if you're debating between EAFC 24 and FIFA 23, FIFA 24 is FIFA 23, but with new stuff that doesn't work and other glitches and bugs that are in the way. So FIFA 23 is a more polished version of the same game, which is FC 24. So do with that what you will. But I, I mean, you might need to create a couple of different... I mean, I only had to create one player, which was Dan Gore, who's a youth player anyway, because I wanted him in the team. He's become a bit of a... Not main Man United player, but he's worked his way into the team. Other than that, like, Kobe Mano and Ganacho were on Man United's team. Um, Everybody else was at least available. It took a couple of, like, you know, I did some transfers before the game, put some other different players on. But other than that, it's, yeah, it's the same game, really. And I, I don't think I've ever said that about FIFA before. There's been years that have been, like, very, very similar. But it's just interesting that that fallout happened between... FIFA and EA and this is what you've got which is a more broken version of the game from the year before Uh, I get that within the last year of FIFA 23 being out it probably had a lot of patches and that's probably why but it's interesting Um, what do you think of me actually saying in in this case that I do agree with sort of it is, well, a a more fixed version of this year's game like a a more polished version What what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, that's a fairly fairly, uh, common narrative with many sports games. That's not just limited to that. You know, that's what they say about baseball game, uh, uh, tennis, not tennis, sports game, unless there's like massive graphical upgrades or when uh, the Madden games try to add in a story mode, not a whole lot changes from year to year.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, we're doing our FIFA 23 um, career mode at the moment, and we're going to see how all that goes. So that's good. good. Um, I jumped back into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 because um, I felt like it. I know I said I was going to give the game a break for a bit, but I just wanted to kind of jump back in. Um, I'm not going to get into all the little details and bits and pieces. I, I've already described before why I think Modern Warfare 2 is a better game than Modern Warfare 3. Um, but it's interesting going from 2 to 3 for the first time when that beta came out, and I was like, okay, this feels, this feels different, but I couldn't quite put my finger on certain things, that, like the gunplay, obviously, I've, I've talked about that before, but other stuff, um, yeah, I, I, I honestly genuinely think Modern Warfare 2 is just an infinitely better game than Modern Warfare 3, but again, personal preference, I know people have got their different preferences and stuff, um, it's just interesting to me, particularly with the comments about... Um, ...for Modern Warfare 3 that they put the red dots back on the mini-map... ...and all these kinds of things. I was doing a couple of bits of gameplay yesterday... ...and something kind of, like, came to, to my mind. I, I sort of had it on my mind a bit before. You know how I said before... ...that on both Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3... You, ...so your mini-map is this little square thing in the top left corner. Obviously, you're supposed to be looking in the middle of the screen... ...which is where you're aiming... ...because if you need to be prepared to shoot... ...then that's where you're going to be aiming... And there is this over-reliance from some players in terms of not really staring at the mini-map, but keeping an eye on it a lot. And there was a couple of times where I was sort of like covering an area, let's say. Like I I thought an enemy was about to walk around a corner because I could hear them because the audio, audio design was good and stuff. And of course I was playing Modern Warfare 2, so there was no uh, red dots on the mini-maps for unsuppressed fire. And I thought, okay... If I'm watching this particular corner because I think someone's coming around this corner because I can hear gunfire and or I can hear footsteps and, you know, I can hear commotion, let's call it. If I go, if I think, okay, around this corner, I'm going to aim here just 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 for a little bit and wait until they come around the corner, not in a camping sense, but in a sense of you're about to come around the corner. I can hear you. Why should I rush towards you and make noise myself and make you realize that I'm there rather than being more you know, stealthy about it? And I thought, okay, if you're watching a corner like that and then suddenly you you hear gunfire, and every time you hear gunfire, you put your eyes to the top left to see the minimap, you're then not looking where you're aiming, which I know was my point before that I made, but that literally is taking away the focus of because then if an enemy comes around the corner, like if you see it like in the corner of your eye, let's say because you're looking in the top left corner, you're then not focused in that moment and as many of us know with these sorts of games you've gotta be if you're half a second late to reacting to somebody shooting or something like that and they start shooting you before you start shooting them in some cases you're kind of like let's say for example you're looking at the top left for that for that mini map and you suddenly see this movement at the corner of your eye because you're looking at that corner by the time you've realized oh, someone's walked around the corner that I was watching, but I was watching the top left. The one, That would take, what, one second of action for you to then put your eyes back in the middle and try to aim to shoot. By the time you've made that adjustment and that movement, the other player's already shooting at you. It's it's already too late. Um, so I don't understand kind of that. And I know that's a particular player style and, and those sorts of things, but to me it just... The, the only time I really do pay attention to it anyway is when you get a UAV, which is a constant scan, and that's what that's for anyway. That's the reward for getting that kill streak. So, I don't know. That's, that's just something I kind of noticed, that if you're so reliant and paying so much attention to this minimap, you're not looking in the middle of the screen to see where you're aiming. So if you notice an enemy coming up, your reaction time's going to be a second later than that person. Whether your individual reaction time's good, let's say. Let's say you're really sharp, you're really on the ball... That player's probably spotted you before you've changed your focus to look in the middle. And there's, there's, they really are sort of split second decisions that can, you know, keep you alive or get you killed. So um, that's what these games are like, right? The, the reaction time of these kinds of things. Um, so, yeah. Oh, right. No, I heard Skype make a weird noise just then. So uh, good to know you're still here. Um, so, yeah, I've pretty much just been playing those two. Uh, I'm going to get back to Spider Man uh, tomorrow, so that's, uh, very, very cool, I am really, really enjoying that, I just sort of got back into, into COD for a little bit, but I need to go back and, uh, play some Spider-Man 2, uh, just a little bit of update on my thoughts on Spider-Man 2, um, same kind of, again, not really a problem, but same thing I mentioned last week, which is the main story and the characters, development, everything that's going on in the game, brilliant, absolutely love it, but I, whenever I see side quests on the map, I'm thinking, okay, I want to go to those, do those, which do have their own little side stories. It's not like they're just nothing missions. But while I'm doing those and upgrading them, while that's satisfying, I'm really hungry to get back to the main story. But I don't just want to plow my way through the main story and then have a bunch of side stuff to do and not unlock stuff. So I'm trying to balance those two things out. I suppose it's got this problem of I can't do both things at the same time. And they're both rewarding in different ways. Like Doing the side stuff and everything is rewarding because not only do you have the stories there, but you get to unlock stuff that you use in the main story, and the main story itself is really, really good. Um, So I I guess make of that what you will, I suppose. Um, Have you seen much of Spider-Man 2 at all?
1: Uh, Bits and pieces. I'm doing my best to have it avoid being spoiled. I have Mm -hmm. heard that a lot of the side quests are just completely superfluous and don't do anything outside of grinding out those imaginary points.
0: I I don't know that I would agree with that because you have there's like bits in the main story where someone says to Peter or or to Miles like hey can you help me with such and such that becomes a plot thread which then feeds into Side quest. Like, you can't fit all of it into just go to this one marker over and over again. Um, so, it very much breaks it off, which was the format of the, of the first game as well. It's just a little bit different this time because, obviously, you have the uh, two different stories. Um Apart from the other stuff where it's like, oh, a random crime is happening and you swing down and you sort that out. But that's just sort of, you know, cleaning up New York or wherever you are. So, um cool that's what we've been playing and, and that kind of stuff uh, i'm going to be playing spider-man like I said tomorrow and um a bit more over the next week i again i don't want to like rush through it and everything I, I just feel like it's going to be really really short if i rush through it and stuff um so i'm just trying to unlock as much as i can and all those sorts of things um cool that's what we've been playing uh, let's jump into some housekeeping and then jump to some news let's see you in a minute Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is E Talk UK. That's E T A L K UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode. And you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well. So you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply. That will get you 20% off your order with Manscaped and free shipping. First hand, quality, professional with Manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening All right, recently on Entertainment Talk, we got a double back-to-back United cast. We had some recent games. Uh, We lost 3-0 to Newcastle yesterday. Uh, Some very particular reasons as to why that happened. We're now out of the Carabao Cup, which is a big shame because we did win that last season, and it would have been nice if we had retained that trophy. So we'll see what happens next. But uh, the players have got nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. It's not that they can take a two-month break or anything. Uh, There's another game on Saturday, and they're just going to have to figure it out so we shall see there was just in case any of you have seen any rumors or murmurs um there was some rumors going around today that we're looking at candidates to replace ten Hag. Monday night have come out and said that that's not true so which i'm happy about because i want to stick with him so just in case any of you've heard any which rumors and stuff which is a normal situation because you know um team starts doing bad and um there's always rumors about replacing coaches and stuff like that so Apparently that's not true at the moment. Uh, over on the other night cast, we did also lose 3-0 to Manchester. City. Uh Arguably a worse game, depends on how you look at things. Still similar sort of mistakes made and that kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, we move on from those and we're going to play against Fulham away on Saturday, and then Copenhagen, I think, on Wednesday, so look out for those. Over on Diabolical 7 for Gen V, which is going to be finishing today, later today, uh, we're up to Season 1, Episode 7, Episode 8, which is going to be today's episode, is the season finale, so look out for that. Over on Gaming Talk last week, uh, we had a bit of a schedule change, so I did a solo episode, uh, talked about Spider-Man 2, talked about Lies of P, and some Alan Wake 2 stuff, there was a lot, a, a lot of sort of sales and... um review news There was like the review embargo for alan week 2 and all that kind of stuff so that was good over on the united cast we did beat copenhagen by one goal to nil a very late dramatic penalty save from onana keeping us in the champions league so that was some good stuff uh did a couple of uh disney and pixar podcasts one of them's called pixar deserves more respect i know that not everybody agrees with that right now but that's of course why it's called an opinion piece i uh, went through pixar's entire library and uh, gave my well opinion on what the past present and future of pixar um, over on the uh, other football stuff, I reviewed the Netflix David Beckham documentary, gave it a strong must-see. Uh, that was really, really good to go and watch. You don't always get kind of things like that as well, a bit of a look behind the scenes uh, for the David Beckham don- that documentary, of course, looking at his, well, his whole career, really. So that was really, really good. Uh, I did a podcast called Disney's Lazy Live Action Approach disney's llaa if you will um just talking about because they've announced princess and the frog frozen and what was the other one tangled i think it was they're going to be doing those for live action films as well as like four or five others they've got in development that's like the next five years of disney or probably 10 years of disney and i just think it's very lazy i did do that podcast by the way before that snow white image came out which i thought was um let's call it interesting Let's call that Snow White image interesting. Um, it's just interesting to me that you've decided to go with CG for the dwarves when um, it's a live-action film and they are people. Um, and also, they the scale of Snow White and the dwarves looks very off, and the whole film is just a very bad idea. So uh, did you see that image at all that was going around of um, Snow White and the dwarves? <laughs> I did see that image
1: about half or a fake. But then I remembered for the upcoming Marvel's movie, Marvel released a promotional photo and it was just the name, the Marvel's with a bunch of cats. Yeah. So let's Mm. sanity has gone. Bye-bye. I said sanity has just gone. Bye-bye and don't expect it back anytime soon.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah uh, anyway that's Disney stuff um, over on the United cast we also beat Sheffield United by two goals to one that was good uh, another analysing television episode uh, which is called what is Netflix offering us they've raised their prices again uh, but what does that mean for everything and all that kind of stuff um, anyway that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move in some news Uh, apparently you've got some Call of Duty stuff and I'm going to read out my Call of Duty stuff so we'll make this a little bit of a Call of Duty section here at the start I'm going to have to flick between a few different screenshots I took yesterday so, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, which by the way if you pre-ordered the, uh, well the game uh, you can get access to the campaign, I think it's a week early from tomorrow today, tomorrow, something like that, anyway uh, I'm not really following that whole thing this year <clears throat> and I think the game launches on the 11th, which is next Friday, I believe. Um, for the 11th. Uh, they've Next uh, Saturday. Te- it, might, it must be the 10th then, because uh, otherwise that would be weird. Um, but they've uh, announced the multiplayer modes at launch for Modern Warfare 3. So we've got 3v3v3 cutthroat. I still don't know what that actually is. Uh, team Deathmatch, Domination, Search and Destroy, Kill Confirm, Free For All, Hardpoint, Control... War, I think that's a new game mode, or a turning game mode from a Black Ops game or something. Uh, gun game, ground war, invasion, hardcore, I think that means the hardcore game mode, and the firing range is, is accessible in the menus. Um, good to know they got hardcore from launch. Of course, last year, Infinity Ward with Modern Warfare 2 was a little bit more experimental. Some of it was interesting ideas. some of it didn't quite work out. And they tried to do the tier 1 thing and they launched it later and then they replaced that with the proper hardcore mode. So you've got it at launch this year which is good. Um, most of the standard modes are here like Team Deathmatch 3 for all search, domination. Uh, there's no capture the flag. Uh, there's no cyber attack. And there's no... Um, what other game mode were people putting out? Not gun game. It was the other one that's really really similar of the name that I cannot remember. I think it was Gun Game. There was another one that people said that I was like, oh, yeah, that one's not on there. But I can't remember which one that was now. Um, So, yeah, pretty uh, standard stuff. Um, The Firing Range, which was, of course, introduced in um, Modern Warfare 2, um, which surprisingly, you could go into a private match before and play against bots if you wanted to, like, practice or if you wanted to, you know, try out a new class before you went into a proper game. Um, firing range is well exactly what it says on the tin, you go into said firing range and try out try out your stuff. Uh, you can still go into a private match against bots, and do that if you want to. Um, so nothing particularly surprising here. Um, a couple of modes which are missing, which would have been cool to have at launch. Like Capture, capture the flag's are pretty... I would say for sort of traditional, standard game modes, you'd have Team Deathmatch, Domination, Capture the Flag... Um, you'd have Demolition, I suppose, Free-for-All, Search and Destroy. Um, Because attacks, well, it's it's not old, but it's not new, new. Uh, That was introduced in Modern Warfare 19. Um, So you got that one as well. But um, I know you're not into these sort of games particularly, but anything that uh, does or does not stand out here to you? I think the uh, three-on-three-on-three might be the least the most
1: one that gets used the most first just because it sounds like it's the one that people are gonna try to figure out what it is. Mm, To me it just sounds like it's a you know a death match but you're looking people and there's sounds simple but depending on how be a very interesting uh, layout and a very interesting game mode. But you know, it's one of those things we gotta wait and see till people get their hands on it before we really know. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. True, true. Uh, what is the other bit of information I've got? Um, I didn't take a screenshot of this, but there was some news that the... And I was very confused by this. They said the PS5 version of Modern Warfare 3 doesn't have a platinum trophy, but the PS4 version does. And I have no idea what that means or why that is the case. Considering, I think, even if you buy the standard edition of the game, it's the cross-gen version, which automatically gives you the 4 and 5. So I do not know why that's the case case um someone said it was something to do with them having the call of duty hq thing but i don't know why that would mean that you wouldn't have applied i I don't know what that's about i'll have to see a bit more about that next.
1: unless there's a plat. unless there's a trophy tied to a feature that they can't get working yet on the ps5
0: yeah i can think of another reason really yeah so uh it says here, Modern Warfare 2 maps will be added to Modern Warfare 3 uh, throughout post-launch seasons. The first set includes four, let me see if I can say this correctly, four core 6v6, there we go, maps, uh, including Farm 18, everybody's not favourite map, but a map that I really like, Uh Merc- Kado, I can't remember which one that is. Maybe that's one of the newer ones. And Shoot House, which is now a bit of more of a traditional one. Uh, it says these maps are not. Sorry, these maps are in addition to the already announced launch and post-launch content for Modern Warfare 3. Now, sometimes it's not a good idea to scroll through certain comment sections, and sometimes it can be. And sometimes it can actually be quite funny. That's a rare occasion, but sometimes it can work. Almost every single person in this Twitter thread, because this was on Twitter, was like, "Oh, right, so Modern Warfare Two is just... sorry, Modern Warfare Three is just DLC for Modern Warfare 2. Uh, and the more and more we find out about this game, the more and more it's just like, yeah, kind of just feels like a just just like an add-on. I mean, this, this is this is a good a very good thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you like some of those Modern Warfare Two maps. They're going to be in, in, in addition to the new content, which is good. Which I, They could have been a bit crafty with that, right? They could have said, let's say... Um, oh, we're going to add the Modern Warfare 2 maps like and disguise them as the new season maps. But if they're not doing that and they're going to add new maps as well... Um, because as far as I'm aware, they're launching with all 16 of the Modern Warfare 2 old maps. Um, slowly introducing the new Modern Warfare 2 maps and then... I guess at launch they'll have to have some new Modern Warfare 3 maps, so, uh, I, you know, the more the, merrier, the more the merrier, I think the more maps you have, the the better. That was one of Modern Warfare 2's, the, the newer Modern Warfare 2, that was one of its problems at launch, which is that, I think, how many maps did it have at launch for 66? It was like 8 or something, it was something really, really short, and everyone was like, okay, we're just getting the same thing, so th- this is at least a good alternative to that. But the f- the funny thing about this is, if you launch Modern Warfare three, or the Call of Duty HQ, um, like when you when you open Modern Warfare three, it launches Modern Warfare two because Modern Warfare two, the, like the menus and stuff, is just Call Call of Duty HQ. But you just switch between two, three Warzone, zone and like campaign. It's like your hub for everything, which is what they did with. Um, uh, what was it, when you had Warzone, Modern Warfare 19, Vanguard, and Cold War, but they are all in different menus, there wasn't sort of like a HQ. So you've effectively kept the same game, updated obviously like the gunplay, and there's some, there's some new guns and carryover of guns. But, and again, you go back to the classic joke of like, oh, new Call of Duty, it's the same thing reskinned, which I, I would disagree with in certain years, because some of them are set in Modern Warfare, some of them are World War games, some of them are other series of games. So they're not always the same thing. Um, This, again, is the most... It's interesting that we've actually... We finally landed on a year where FC24 is a more broken version of of FIFA 23. And Modern Warfare 3 is Modern Warfare 2. (laughs) But, like, both of those games have got the same menus from both previous games. Modern Warfare 3's menu is Modern Warfare 2's menu. It's literally the same thing. And although you don't click on FC24 to go into FIFA 23, it's the exact same design of menu. I mean, I get it. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. But you want to change the UI a little bit, like change the design a little bit, maybe, like a few colors or or something. But it's the same thing. Um, So this this is finally, like, I've been playing both these, you know, Call of Duty and FIFA for a good few years. And this is the first year I would definitively say that, like... The new FIFA's the old one, but a broken version. <laughs> and Call of Duty this year is the same as last year. Change the gunplay, add a few new guns, same menu, adding the old maps from last year's game. So it's a uh, it's it's, uh, it's a funny time to be alive, I suppose. Uh, if if you play, if you're into both these um, sorts of series, again, this addition of them putting Modern Warfare two maps into three is a good thing. It does just kind of highlight. Because you're moving some some of the guns and eventually the maps from 2 to 3, you're sort of just bringing the old game into the new one, putting a fresh coat of paint on it with some new gunplay, and then obviously you write a new, you know, a, a sequel story. Because um, honestly, the, the sequel story, like the actual Modern Warfare 3 story being in this game, is the only thing you could label as like, oh, this is an actual sequel to this game. But everything else is sort of like a couple of new things um like like a dlc like an update and uh it's just very curious that that's uh that's the case uh, again i know these aren't your kind of games robert uh but what do you think of um them adding them adding the old to the new and trying to paint it as something new i didn't mean that to rhyme but he- he- here we are so <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it's one of those things that people like remembering the old maps so that's always a good thing and you know it's more content So that's always a good thing. But you never know with uh, um, how that's going to play out because you're going to want more new than old just so that it doesn't feel like they're just recycling everything. Mm. I think would be the big thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, you said you had some Call of Duty news as well, so we'll tie that in here. What what did you want to talk about?
1: See, if you're playing on PC, you better... You don't really want to have any other games on your hard drive. Or C, you get your Christmas money from Nana really, really early because they set out the PC requirements for a full install, including the high-res assets. It is going to be 213 gigs of storage. The single-player campaign without the high-res is 149 And so everything combined is going to be 213, um, which is a lot. So if you think about it, if you've recently done an upgrade on your machine and you have a 2-terabyte SSD storage system, that's still over 10% of that one drive for that one game. Uh, I just checked uh, a 2-terabyte drive that I bought for my upgrade for whenever I get off my lazy butt and transfer the data so I can buy and download Baldur's Gate 3. That's currently half off, but it's still $115, which, while not overly exorbitant, is not a cheap buy. And to a two terabyte drive, it, depending on brand and brand quality, is going to run you about 80 to 140 US dollars. So that's uh, quite a hit to the wallet.
0: Hmm. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, these games have become infamous now for just being absolutely enormous. Um, I will clarify a couple of things that, of course, there's now install packs. So if you do want to uninstall certain parts of the game, you you can fortunately do that. Uh, that wasn't always the case, though. Some of these games did come out to be very, very big. Um, but this is kind of what I've said before a little bit about, um because m- m- most people will play the ca- most people now will play the campaign they'll uninstall that and they'll have then um warzone 2 um still installed and they'll have the multiplayer packs which that would probably come to 100 to 150 gig maybe depending on, you know, new season updates and all that kind of stuff. Um, There's going to be a Zombies mode this year, which, again, as I said before, this whole thing of Modern Warfare 3 is just weird. The whole way it's happened is just very, very just strange. Um, with, With, like, having a sequel the direct year after, but not being led by Infinity Ward, and then you add in a Zombies thing, which is more of a Black Ops thing... And then you do this, like, DLC-esque style. It's still just, I don't know, it's very, very weird. It's a new, strange approach. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to, I think, include zombies as well. Um, I did read somewhere, I can't remember which ones it was. I think they said Inf- Infinity Ward's doing the campaign, Treyarch is doing, sorry, Sledgehammer's doing multiplayer, Treyarch is doing zombies. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but the each the each studio's got, like, one thing each. Which you got to remember, like Sledgehammer and um which call it Treyarch are probably working still at the moment, working on their next Call of Duties because you will have um I think Black Ops is it four or five remember Which one's next? That's supposed to be next year's game, or Black Ops Cold War two, or whatever it is that they're doing. The next Black Ops is supposed to be next year, and then there was rumors of somebody doing advanced or infinite warfare too. i can't remember which one of them were again they've kind of mucked, messed around with it a little bit so anyway um but yeah, yeah get, for, the, get... for
1: these games for me it's always easier no matter which one comes out i always just refer to it as gun battle slap fight 47
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough so uh yeah get your hard drives ready but just remember that if you are like finished with the mode or if you don't like zombies or whatever the case you can Uninstall certain parts, but um, still going to be pre- the, the problem with these games as well is okay. Even if from day one you let's let's say you don't have Warzone or Campaign, you just install one thing or something. That thing, that individual thing, whatever you choose, is still going to get bigger because all the season updates and patches and all that kind of stuff. So we shall see. Uh, all right, I'll continue along with. Um, uh, was that the only bit you had for that? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, let's talk about Gears of War for a minute there's some very interesting information that's come out of course we know that uh, Giza War 5 was i want to say 2019 i think that was before the pandemic um i really really enjoyed gears of war 5 i've enjoyed all of them pretty much i know judgment is the one that gets well judged a bit more but it still had its purpose it was still good um out of everything let's say original that xbox or microsoft owns uh gears of war is my favorite xbox franchise i know that they technically do now have call of duty and crash bandicoot but of course they're not originally xbox properties they've bought them um they're, they're now labeled as original but they weren't created by them so that's how i would label that um uh cliff B- Blazinski. i believe his name is uh, uh mm-hmm. the not the god of war the gears of war creator uh believes the cover shooter series is ready for a reboot akin to 2018's god of war adding phil spencer has my number I- I- i'd assume he does <laughs> yes uh and i would h-
1: imagine that phil spencer has a number
0: mm-hmm. yeah probably uh, yeah, Phil Spencer has my number, I'm ready to consult. Uh, Robert, as somebody who would consider myself a, like, I've not played these games 10-15 times or something, like, I'm still a bigger, you know, Last of Us fan, still a bigger Crash Bandicoot fan, all that sort of stuff, but in terms of, like, Xbox's library, uh, Gears of War is still my favourite thing. Now, I haven't sort of, like, dissected these games like I have done with Last of Us, uh, but I've still been a big, big fan of them, and they're still my favourite franchise, I, now it might be weird to disagree with a creator. I mean, it's fine if you want to disagree on their their approach to something. Um, I completely disagree that this is what Gears of War needs. And it's also interesting that you did one, two, and three. That was sort of its own trilogy that ended that bit of the war. Four was kind of a Star Wars Episode Seven type revival where you brought back some legacy characters and introduced their kids and you know other things like that, which was a good approach. And Gears of War Five just continued that. And made some very, very bold, interesting choices. I'm I'm still not going to spoil them. I know the game's three, four years old or whatever. But there's some very, very big stuff that they did, which I didn't expect Gears of War to do, but it pulled it off very, very well, which just elevated that game. I think in 2019 I gave it my Game of the Year, because I can't think what else I would have given it to. Um, <sighs> See, when you look at the old... Let's talk about God of War itself for a minute. That might be helpful in terms of connecting these two... IP and uh, where, where they're sort of at. If you look at the old God of War style games, and they're these sort of camera-locked, room focus games where there's no like third-person camera to move around and stuff, at least from what I remember from those. And Kratos was this blood-thirsty, hungry god that like ripped people's heads off and was emotionless and um just killed and killed and killed and there wasn't a ton of sort of depth to him and then obviously 2018's god of war came around they changed the camera to a more traditional third party sorry not third party third person um playstation style and I, i know there's been some observational complaints let's call them about sony sticking to that format it works. You know, Uncharted, Horizon, Last of Us, God of War, I could go on, but it, it works for those games. Gr- granted, God of War's camera is a little bit closer than, than those games, but anyway, still an attempt at the same format. And, you know, you come back with Kratos, it's now a different... You switched from... Was it Norse to Greek or the other way around? I can't remember. Uh, you switched one of them around.
1: I think it's Greek to Norse.
0: Yes, because yes, now you have, like, Thor and all those other characters. Um... So you do all that kind of stuff, and then you give him a son, so, like, an emotional thing to, to lean on. Obviously, they had the wife-slash-mother in there as well, um, which was cool. And it was a refreshing approach to God of War. And while I've got my issues with God of War and God of War Ragnarok, I think there's some video gamey stuff in there that doesn't quite work. They're both very good games, but I don't think they're the sort of, like masterpiece 10 out of 10 sort of things but that's just my opinion you know if, if if you think they're the best games you've ever played that's great um i can see that work it' first of all if you take that angle i don't know what that looks like for gears of war because gears of war is more of a much more of an ensemble thing like you've got your team like an army that goes against the locust and all this kind of stuff so i don't know what that looks like also, before you do that, before you do a revival reboot thing, I think you should get out of Gears of War six and at least conclude that trilogy. So you do one, two, three, and then four, five, six. A bit the same as you did with Star Wars, you know, their individual trilogies. What you do after six is up to you, but at least come out with. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a stab and a guess and say Gears of War six is probably in development at the moment. At least I hope it is, um, and I'm very excited to see what they do with it because I really enjoyed. All of them, uh, particularly again where five left off and what would six look like re- regarding those story choices. So, as much as you could do this in the future, which may- maybe this is sort of like, hey, I wouldn't, I, this game series did this, I wouldn't mind doing the same thing in the future. While I would agree with that, I think you do that in, I mean, let's say we get a Gears of War game in 2025. Let's say Gears of War 6 is 2025. There's not announced it yet. So, let's say 18 months, two years roughly. You then, you finish that as the next trilogy, and then you do a God of War-star reboot after that. But in terms of the story, like where Marcus Phoenix, Phoenix is at, and all the other characters as well, the the thing that the God of War games benefited from, not only was it like a refreshing take on it, and people were a bit fed up of the sort of angry madman Kratos that had no emotion and no heart, and even though he's a bit closed off in the newer games... He's more emotionally opened up and fleshed out as a character. I still think there's a lot more room to do a lot more there. Um, But it worked. I don't know what that looks like for War Because if you take Marcus Phoenix, who, for all intents and purposes, I think is still the lead protagonist. I don't know what that looks like in terms of doing that to him uh, as opposed to what you did with Kratos. Because you also don't need to do that with Marcus. I think Marcus Phoenix is already a fleshed out character. Granted, you can always develop characters, but... He's fleshed out already in that way and doesn't need... This. He doesn't need the same sort of character thing that happened with Kratos. So, I don't know, but maybe it would be... Because the, they they changed the style as well and they changed it from this room-locked... I don't know what you specifically call that, but like this room-locked camera thing to third person over the shoulder. gizza was already there. So... As much as, like, okay, this creator's got a different idea for, like, a different approach for future games, that's cool, and we'll see how to adapt that. As a fan of this series, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm curious to see what they come up with in the future. Um, On a side note, still, of course, they're doing this um, Gears of War Netflix film. I did hear some rumours and some rumbles that Zack Snyder had talked about his interest to do something with Gears of War, and, of course, the internet lost its mind and assumed that Zack Snyder would be directing a Gears of War film. As much as I like Zack Snyder, and I think he would fit that, I don't want a Gears of War film, and I don't want it on Netflix. I want a series, because there's a lot of lore and things to be fleshed out, and I also just don't want Netflix to do it, because, well, I don't want them to. So, but I've given those comments before. Cool, let's move on to talk about... Um, I know a small thing for, for this. Uh, there was, like, some information posted that... Um, GTA Six will have like new animations and it will be kind of innovative and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of why you would expect from like like a GTA Six. Uh, it, it, I suppose it just depends on how long, how far out this game is, or how, more so how far into development they are with this with this particular game. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see kind of what. That would look like, um, but uh, as I kind of said before, with let's say GTA 5, then kind of Cyberpunk, then, then um, sorry, yeah, then Cyberpunk, then Starfield, now GTA 6, and also Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of them as well. These next sort of big, intended to be industry sort of changing or industry defining games where like. That next big new game. uh, Starfield's obviously come and gone a little bit. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was obviously big for Rockstar. Take 2. Starfield was supposed to be a a bit better than what it was. But obviously it was okay in in general, I suppose. Um, Cyberpunk now is sort of as good as what it was was supposed to be before. But obviously that's uh, improved over time. Um, I remember I've spoken before on a podcast about... um, how video games can kind of evolve and stuff, and one of the things I kind of said was... Yeah, in interactivity and animations. Like, you, how you interact with something in a game, I mean, that's literally what we do in games. We, we click on things to make things happen, to make things do things, you know. Um, and how does the game react to what you're doing, fundamentally, whether it's something more simple or something more advanced. Um, and obviously certain animations come with those things. And when you have a game as anticipated, f- well, for about ten years, as, as GTA Six, um, yeah, what that, what, what does, what does that kind of look like? I suppose. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I think this is pretty standard stuff in terms of always oh, going to have, you know, n- new innovations, new animations, and, and things like that. Because, pff, I mean, we would pin this for end of, uh, end of the current csa series x ps5 generation so we would say well still a good few more years um it depends on how long the the generation lasts and stuff um what do do you think of what gta 6 should do in terms of those kinds of things
1: uh it's really hard to tell i mean every it's one of those things that everybody knows they've been just messed with stuff developing gta 6 for God knows how many years everybody also knows there are no real rush to kick it out the door because it makes so much damn money from microtransactions off of GTA Online. Uh, so it's really one of those things that my only hope is that they have just a really good compelling story to go with it because that's what made me play mostly GTA 5 was I just didn't give a crap about the story.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... We'll see what that looks like. Um, moving on, to some unfortunately sad news this week, um, which happened was it? I think I can't remember if it was earlier this week or some point last week. Of course, we lost um, Matthew Perry, who's most known for playing Chandler on Friends. Some of you might be wondering why I'm bringing that up on a video games podcast, which I didn't expect to do. But um, Fallout New Vegas, which is a game I've not personally played, but I saw this thing posted, so I thought I'd share it. Um, It's quite a lot to read here, so I'm just going to crack on with it. Fallout New Vegas fans have paid tribute to actor Matthew Perry following the tragic news of his, I'm going to say passing instead of death, uh, passing over the weekend. It was confirmed that Perry, uh, perhaps best known for portraying Chandler Bing on the iconic sitcom Friends, was um, found, passed away at age 54. The late actor was found... um, I'm not going to read. It it describes about, like, how they found him and stuff. I'm going to... Out of respect, I'm going to skip over that sort of part. Um, Outside of Friends, Perry uh, brought to life... Let me just make my screen a little bit brighter, actually, so I can actually read. I can see what I'm reading. Um, Perry brought to life a whole host of other characters. In 2010, he starred in Fallout New Vegas as Benny, a reporter... uh, Sorry, as reported by comic book, uh, following news of... um, perry's passing new vegas fans have gathered on social media uh to discuss their fond memories of the character and actor uh one twitter user wrote rest in peace i'll always remember um matthew perry for his legendary voice acting as benny in fallout new vegas um fuck heard about the matthew perry news uh mostly knew him best sorry him from uh, new vegas and friends of course rest in peace to uh benny uh, the best well-dressed um villain of fallout um one yeah fan... he was
1: the main villain
0: oh, okay okay um one fan said while well, another added rest in peace matthew perry um he aced his role as benny in fallout new vegas i know it's not his most famous role but it should be mentioned that he fit the character perfectly uh, there's literally no better voice uh, and another quote says, I still think about how Matthew Perry was such a big fan of Fallout 3 um, that he talked about it on TV. So they gave him one of the best roles in New Vegas, uh, recalled one user. And it says, "Her gaming Bible, which I think is the thing I've grabbed this off from Instagram, says, extends its his condolences to Matthew Perry's family, friends and colleagues. Of which he has a lot of it would seem, certainly, given... Um, there's been a massive, massive outpouring of support to him and his friends and his family and obviously the Friends crew itself, uh, who obviously worked with, for uh, you know, 10 years. That's no small amount of time to spend with any group of people, let alone people that you clearly got along with very, very well and they weren't just friends to him, they were family to him, right? Um Yeah, it was obviously very... I think it was on Saturday or maybe Sunday uh, when he did pass away and it... Yeah, shocked everybody. Um, of course, 54 is no age, of course. Um, I'm currently still. Um, going, I, I've mentioned this before. I, I sort of do this background rewatch. Of, I mean, a lot of people do that with friends. Uh, basically, whenever I'm in the kitchen and I'm getting food out that's going to take more than a few minutes, or making a drink, or so it's something that's not just grabbing something from the kitchen and walking back out, I stick friends on. Uh, or like when I'm watch, washing up or something, which is what a lot of people use this show for. Like if you're. I don't know wrapping Christmas presents soon, or if you're tidying a room, you just stick it on, and when the gags come up, when the laughs come up, you pause, you laugh at it, and then you you know you, you keep going. I know Friends wasn't for everybody, everybody, but um, I I think the general consensus on the show, and of course with Matthew, is that just you know legendary status and iconic status across the board. Um, it is. It, it was interesting, of course, sticking an episode on. After he passed, and um, of course the performance is still incredible there from from Matthew as as Chandler himself, um, and it's it's really really sad. It was in, this part was interesting to me because I had no idea of his involvement in any way, shape, or form with Fallout. So apparently he was a big fan of Fallout Three particularly, and in Fallout New Vegas they obviously gave him some lines. Uh, you're more familiar with New Vegas than than what I am. So what was uh what what was the deal here? Alright, so yeah, that was me reading out the part about Matthew Perry, unfortunately. Um, As I said before, you know, with friends and stuff, a lot of people watching the background, those sorts of things, which is very, very cool. Uh, So you seem to know a little bit about, because you played Fallout New Vegas, didn't you? Um, What do you recall of, um, apparently the character's name was Benny, so um, would you remember of him?
1: Yeah. So to say that uh, Fallout New Vegas had some star power is a massive understatement. The game came out in uh, 2010. Uh, so Matthew Perry played Benny. Wayne Newton played Mr. New Vegas. Chris Christopherson played Chief Hanlon. Uh, Zachary Levy played Arcade. William Sadler played Victor. Uh-huh. Renee Aberjonas played Mr. House. Michael Dorn played Marcus. Uh, Danny Trejo played Raul. John Dorman played Kaiser. Felicia Day played Veronica. And Michael Hogan played Doc Mitchell. So there's at least six names in there that you would know or should know who they are.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah, definitely.
1: His uh, character was a bit of a jerk, but it was meant to be. But I've said this before on previous podcasts. uh, New Vegas was not my favorite game for two reasons. One, it had way too many faction endings. I think there was seven or eight. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I like a good choice. You know, two, three, maybe four, but seven just gets into the ridiculousness. Yeah. <clears throat> and two, I can never understand the motivation for the main character. So the way the game is set up is that even though you've got a pit boy and from the, you're the vault, you're just a courier. So you just take objects from A to B. And you get jumped. And this is part of the opening scene. Uh, and then Matthew Perry digs a big hole, leaves you in, puts you in the hole, shoots in the head, buries you, and just leaves you for dead there. And that's how the game starts. Hmm. So for me personally, if my job is just to get object A from point A to point B, I wake up out of my own grave, I just thank my lucky stars and go the hell away. <laughs> um, mm. and unless there was like some massive payday that they didn't explain during the intro credits or whatever as to why you should be motivated to go get the MacGuffin back and deal with it, yeah, I would just be like, nope, I'm out. See ya. Don't leave the lights on for me. All
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Um so what was Matthew Perry like as as Benny particularly?
1: Uh very like 50s mobster-ish like, Have you've ever seen okay. an old movie yeah. where they set like a mob boss to the 50s cuz that's the way the game was set was very 1950s Vegas mob. Um
0: mm. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, rest in peace to Matthew Perry. Um, a lot of people will continue watching, friends, myself included, and, uh, we'll see what comes next in the Fallout series, I suppose. Uh, that's all stuff i got for this week, Robert. How about yourself?
1: Uh, well, first up, uh, we got some layoffs at Bungie. Uh, mm-hmm. there was no official, official announcement, but the internet started blowing up about three, four days ago with this news, with various people Updating their LinkedIn profile, saying they got uh, laid off. Um, One former social media lead, Griffin Bennett, uh, tweeted out, I've just been laid off from Bungie. A surreal thing to write as I sit here pondering what went wrong. I'm still processing it all. And while my first instinct is anger, I know I'd regret what I'd say. Thank you to everyone at Bungie who helped make my last five years the best ever. Um, Reports are varied. And Sony has not, or rather, Bungie, but Sony owns Bungie, has not given an official statement. Uh, but the numbers that people are estimating is somewhere between 5 to 10%, uh-huh. upwards of 100 people. Um, this is in conjunction with the continuing <laughs> drop in numbers of the player base with Destiny 2 and the next DLC getting delayed. So obviously things are not good in that studio, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of unclear as to... Okay, obviously, Sony acquired them recently. If this is to do with that or something left over from before or what exactly the case is here. I did see... I didn't watch the video yet, but I did see um, Paul Tassi, I think his name is, who posts some, like, interesting stuff now and again. Um, I can't remember the site. It is the works, but I can't remember. Um, and he said... So had, like the thumbnail was of uh, destiny and it said how do you how do you miss your i think it was quarterlies or whatever by 45 percent, which is a heck of a lot so basically you've like dropped that mm-hmm. by a- almost half um yeah destiny's been in the in a strange place um i know i always kind of used destiny as the example of like oh when we're picking topics and stuff for the show if it's destiny updates then we don't really talk about them because we don't play them obviously this situation is different it just happens to also include bungie and destiny uh but this is more to do with layoffs than the actual game um because we have a destiny 2 right that had its sort of expansions and some other bits i remember i think a month or two ago playstation access did like uh they did one of their special episodes actually on um on destiny obviously it was owned by sony at that point i mean it was on playstation anyway so that you know wasn't a restriction before um and people were really excited about it but it didn't seem from the consensus that i saw it hasn't seemed to have lit the world on fire like it was supposed to and it seems like i mean neither me or you work for sony or you know uh bungie so we don't know the internal stuff but it seems that kind of there was a train of events. We don't know how they all linked together. Which was Sony bought them. Um, the big exp- the big promising seemingly expansion came out. It didn't. It did well, but it didn't quite light the world on fire. And then things went quiet for a little bit, maybe like a month or so. And then this news came out. So something somewhere, some cog somewhere, didn't do what it was supposed to do. I don't know what exactly that is, but obviously. Um, I don't know if they didn't make enough sales of this DLC or if the player base dropped for some reason, Um, but you don't...
1: I talked about Bungie 2 a few weeks ago
0: with uh, my
1: following, Destin Legary on YouTube. Yeah. He was talking about how he used to do a lot of the IGN stuff for Destiny and then all the microtransactions kind of ruined the game for him. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to money, money is not a thing because in the article that I'm referencing... They talk about how back in January of twenty twenty two, so a little less than two years ago, uh Sony spent one point two billion dollars to retain retain key staff at the Bungie studio. So whatever happened, Sony at a bare minimum threw money at it. But mm. as life has taught me, throwing money at a problem and shouting, Go away, go away rarely works.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're Microsoft and Bobby Kotich or whatever. So in that situation, yeah. um, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that the key staff clearly that didn't include these 100 people, but maybe it was like some executives or seniors or like a, a handful of people. So, um, how do they, re- I mean, how do they recover from this? They'll obviously have to come out with something new or whatever. Um, I mean, like, like I've said before, layoffs are not a new thing and they are more regular of an occur- occurrence than, than we would like, and it happens with every company, but. Um, it's interesting the, the the timing on this, I suppose, in, in terms of Sony buying them, this Destiny expansion, and then just tumbleweed. You know, it just was was a bit silent after that. So we'll see. All right, what else we can talk about?
1: Well, on the complete opposite spectrum of layoffs, Microsoft did a lot of internal promoting earlier this week, as reported by The Verge. Four key names, and if you follow the Microsoft events and whatnot most of these names you'll know are all getting brand new shiny titles on their business gone a uh, business cards uh do people even still use business cards anymore oh I, I just had that random thought <laughs> yeah anyway so Sarah Bond is now upgrading to be president of Xbox overseeing Xbox hardware and software platforms including quote player and creator experiences Platform engineering, strategy, business planning, data analytics, and business management, according to Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer. Um, Matt Booty has been promoted to president of Game Content Studios and will oversee Zenimax. Uh, according to Spencer, Zenimax will continue to operate as a limited integration ent- entity led by Jamie Letter, president and CEO, according to Matt. Reporting to Matt. Uh, Takashi Numoto has been promoted to Microsoft's chief marketing officer, taking over from K- Chris Caspaletta, who is departing the- earlier this year after 32 years with Microsoft and former corporate vice president and consumer CMO Youssef Mede will take over Numoto's role. Uh, I couldn't be happier for Takashi and Youssef. I'm so grateful for them. Uh, for my 32 years of working for this wonderful co- uh, company, Capicella wrote on social media, I've been shaped by the amazing Microsoft employees, customers, and partners for whom with I've held the privilege of working with. Uh, Microsoft's chief consumer officer of sales, uh, Army Silverman, has been moved to the new gaming team to transform the gaming sales motion and attract new audiences across geographic markets. Um, this change also means that once Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek uh, finally gets the boot in the ass he's been needing for the last five years, <laughs> um, there will be actually be more women in leadership positions on Microsoft's gaming team than men. Um, so going with the first one, Sarah Bond, she is very well known. She's been a lot of the presenters uh, for the Microsoft events when they do events that either have an audience Or have, you know, live humans speaking, talking about things. So she's very, very well known. In fact, there's some rumors that she's just grooming this position for a couple, three years ahead of uh, Phil Spencer's retirement, which I don't want to see him retire. He's awesome. But if he does retire and she – I don't know. I'd have to Google it and even then I wouldn't believe it. But you got to figure – he's probably at least older than me and I'm 49. Because um, you don't get to the position he's in without a lot of time in, mm-hmm. and that's a name you've been hearing for years uh, through Microsoft. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at a bare minimum, I'd probably have to say fifty. Actually, let me, let me look that up. See if it see if it is the Wikipedia is actually accurate.
0: Hmm. I'm gonna guess about fifty three or so. I know I haven't looked it up. Uh, That'd be my rough guess. Middle age ish.
1: Uh, born 1968 so if wikipedia is accurate that would put him he does not would not peg him at 56
0: oh, 56 ok um, well uh, in terms of these people and their uh, employment situation and stuff I think that's very cool um, sometimes it is the case, and I know, I know some people are kind of tired of this conversation, but it's still a bit relevant in terms of, sometimes you need, not just in like writer's rooms and stuff, but in terms of entertainment places, let's call them, um, just different people from different backgrounds and different people from different walks of life that have got different mindsets to give you different ideas. Um, so it's interesting when you brought up the the stat there about, um, the women in the in these positions of work um but uh yeah sometimes it just not not the microsoft i don't i don't know how much they need need that in terms of like um and what i mean what i mean by that is in terms of freshening up their diverse catalog of like executives because i I'm, I'm not sure what the balance is there to to begin with um, but that's a good thing anyway, I think. Regardless of what that was like before, it's cool that that's at least um, a situation now. Um, but um, yeah, it'll also be interesting. that You mentioned obviously, you know, head of Xbox and president of Xbox and all these different positions. Uh, of course, we've got to find out eventually who's going to be the new head of PlayStation for uh, in, yep. place, in place of Jim Ryan. So, um, Yeah,
1: and with things like that, I've always cared less about you know, you know, race, gender in the sense that I find it more important that A, people love the industry that they're in and B, have worked for the company for a long time Mm -hmm. because it was either the last podcast or the podcast before that where we talked about the one CEO that was getting uh, kicked out and he had several CEO positions and none of them were related to each other. Uh, So he cared more about the title than actually doing the best work. Um, So with like Sarah Bond, if Phil Spencer does retire in three or four years, and she for a very long time. Um, you don't stay with companies like that unless you really like it. Um, so her progression up that jam, up that, and uh, would be something that everybody would celebrate for gamers because somebody who loves the gaming industry is getting rewarded for all their years and years of hard work. Mm-hmm. Whereas you just parachute somebody in, you know, it might work. It might not. You never know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I hope the same thing happens with Sony. I hope that Sony has somebody that works for them for a long time that could walk into that role as an upward mobility promotion and not just like, Oh, here's a name. Let's just plop them in. Hope for the best. <laughs> Cause I, you see that a lot actually with, uh, um, coaches and sporting franchises, you know, Coach will get fired because the team's not doing well. Oh, here's a random coach that's already failed at four other cities. Let's grab that person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly. Yep. You still there? You cut out just like a little bit for a moment. Yep. I'm cool. Um but yeah, yeah, that's the thing as well, of course, as well. Uh with um yeah, football coaches. So all right, what else did you have to talk about today?
1: Yeah. Uh, so the last thing, uh, the promised cloud streaming is going live as of two days ago, uh, with a few games. Is a uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, right for... yeah. Horizon. Uh, the Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and the Callisto Protocol games to come out to be streaming trials later, but from what it looks like, it's going to be like a soft launch test run. Um, they do not have 4K at 60 frames. Yet. subscribers only.
0: All right. Yeah, I I heard some of what you just said. there something to do with Sony's cloud streaming, and them adding uh, certain games. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of good. It t- just went live. Yeah, from what I did hear of what you said, because I heard most of what you said, but it did cut out a little bit. Um, this internet is really kind of annoying me. Um, some good titles there. Um, yeah, there's there's certain places where, at least where I am, well, in the, certainly at least in terms of right at this very moment in terms of needing better signals for stuff um i'm still hearing like the wind blowing the trees outside and i'm not sure if that i've seen that still affecting stuff we have like this um you know they give them names and stuff like we got this storm jordan or wherever it's called they give them different names um and it seems to be ravaging the uh country and also uh getting in the way of this podcast um but no, those are some good titles. Um and it's good to add these things to that. Uh but as I always say, of course, it depends on what signal you can get and whatnot. So um we'll see. But yeah, good to see uh I think you said Spider Man Miles Morales there at one point. Um that's that's cool to see. And um we'll see what else Sony decides to do. I don't I wonder if there's mm. Because so I, I was thinking into just in terms of, okay, what could improve, improve PS Plus, that sort of stuff. Um, of course, the thing I still want them to do is uh, still add more classic games. Um, I, I think I might have mentioned this before, so apologies for repeating myself. Uh, I watched one of uh, Mystic's videos before. He's a, mainly like a PlayStation YouTube guy. He's very cool from what I understand and know. And he was saying about... Uh, he was looking into some more data about um Sony adding more classics and stuff, and he was saying you might not get some of them because some of the developers and or publishers might have other plans uh for like remastering certain stuff and it's interesting and that seems to have come more to fruition because after since he did that video we've had um the Metal Gear Solid collection, not that it's running the best from what I understand, but you've had that, and also you're getting the Tomb Raider remaster. Now those are two franchises or series that people would have, liked. the classic, uh, obviously PlayStation 1, Metal Gear Solid, and uh, the Tomb Raider trilogy. Those are games that people would have expected to add to the classics library, but... I suppose uh, Square Enix and um, Konami in the other situation had uh, had other plans. Um, the only, the other, other thing... There's two other things I want Sony to, to do as well. Obviously, not just in terms of backwards compatibility. But um, do something with different with trophies. I think that would be nice, considering, obviously... Because you don't really have a Platinum equivalent on Xbox, which... Holds that back a little bit, but the actual notification stuff when you get an achievement is better than the little pop-up you get for a trophy. So, changing that a little bit, I think, would be... At least for the platinum itself. Uh, I know, obviously, you can get a lot of gold trophies and things. Um, and the other thing is having... Um, what they called, an Xbox. Like, the quick resume switching between games and stuff. I know they've got the cards, but... It's not really quite the quite the same. Like when you go from between game to game and I've done it on Xbox and you use the quick resume, it is very, very quick. It's very, very quick. Whereas if you're doing the cards on Sony, that is on Playstation, sorry, that is from a fresh boot. So it it just doesn't quite have the same effect, you know. So uh what do you think then in terms of this and uh anything else you'd want Sony to do with Playstation?
1: Games themselves yeah, with the. It's obviously just a hardware compatibility issue on the back end on Sony. Um, just because if you look, like we've talked about this to death, but Microsoft has so many more games backwards compatible, so many games you could stream uh, if you wanted to through their xCloud service that Sony's really just so far behind in playing catch up with all of it. Um, And we'll just have to wait and see if the service, if that streaming thing takes off, if it delivers on the quality that people would want from a game being streamed and just have to go from there. Mm
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. You said that's the last thing you got to talk about?
1: (laughs) Uh, You cut out. I didn't get
0: that. (laughs) That was the last thing you had to talk about? Yeah. I think. Cool. So that was the last thing you had to talk about? yep cool all right let's finish off this podcast before the internet breaks um let's uh, move on to some feedback some emails and whatnot if you of course would like to write into the show and whatnot about your different gaming stuff uh, matthew at entertainment talk the dog twitter e talk uk and his information in your show notes uh josh writes in and says i'm not much of a football person but i listened to your seven ideas podcast and was confused as to how some of those things are not in the game, do you know why they are not? Uh, the reason why some of those things aren't in the game, which some of them are very much uh, career mode focused things, is because all, Ultimate team Uh it's a lack of innova- innovation in terms of um, you know adding new stuff to career mode. I mean, it's ironic that uh, and, and interesting that um, you've said about you know being surprised some of those things aren't are in the aren't in the game. Uh, and most of them are career mode focused. Um, when, uh, yeah, when they, they do try to introduce something like the new coaching system. You, I mean, you could do tactics and stuff before, but the new coaching system and you try to use it and it's bugged. It's just like, it, it, it kind of goes to show that like, you for all these years you didn't really need FIFA. You didn't really like the partnership EA and E and and FIFA because that's not really changed well anything in in the game. Um because like I said, FIFA twenty three is a very it's a ninety five, if not ninety nine percent similar game, obviously different kits, different players, manager changes, that sort of thing. Um, but it's mostly the same game. Um I'm I'm not to avoid spoiling my own podcast, I'm not gonna say what all of them are, but they're very simple, just hey, if you put these more basic things in... Uh, and again, they weren't really gameplay stuff, apart from a couple of them. Some some of them were just, hey, change this in the next season, change that in the next season. Um And they're not there. But what's happened with FIFA is, or FC24, is, hey, there are people the, people... The focus for a lot of, you know, the community and stuff is, hey, what's new in Ultimate Team? And that's where, of course, they make... I mean, they make a ton of money anyway off the game sales. It's still one of gaming's biggest juggernauts. But with the cards. And people just sit... People have sat there on streams for hours and hours and hours. Of course, they get supported by super chats, donations, sponsors, views, all those sorts of things. And they'll sit there and they'll do, like, a two, three-hour stream of just open cards, open cards, open cards. Try and get, you know, the new team of the week version of somebody and... That's that. And when you are, when you do have the greedy mindset of somebody like EA, and you look and you think, okay, a lot of our players have swarmed over to Ultimate Team and they're just opening packs and just buying more stuff and they're not stopping. Why would you, from a greed standpoint, why would you then go, you know what, we should put money into innovating in career mode when you don't really need to? You should, but you don't really need to. I mean, because then, although. There is still a lot of feedback about like how broken certain things are in the career mode and how not just broken stuff but how things don't innovate and all those sorts of things, like the ideas that I've put out um I mean it's functional, you know the career mode is still good, it's still functional we can still have have fun with it, but it's not innovated for a long time um but why would you put money into resources that doesn't get you that extra money when people are just flocking over to um, Ultimate Team and just buying card after card after card pack. Um, so there, there, there you go. Uh, it, it's a shame, really. And, and again, the thing that, but uh, you I know, spoke a lot about Call of Duty and FIFA this week. The thing that both of them do really need is competition. Um, of course, you, had, you used to have things like Medal of Honor. You of course had Battlefield. Tried. Uh, If 2042 had gone, I think it was Battlefield 2042, if that had gone a lot better, that could have brought some people over and away from COD. And um, because ultimately, whenever you talk about any company or any game or anything really, if the thing that's holding the thing back from improving is some form of greed, hence, you know, the, the lack of investment of other parts, you need to hurt the pockets of those people. Um, and what would hurt EA's pocket in that sense is, okay, we're making a boatload of money off of Ultimate Team. If we put, let's say, even 25% of that money or 10% of it into Ultimate Team, it will make it will make the game better, but that will actually take away some of their money. Because doing although doing that would make the product better, which would make the word of mouth better, you're still selling loads of copies anyway, so why bother putting money into innovating something... That won't earn you more money? Because um, you technically don't need to. Um, but I'd kind of say... it's like If you are somebody who's... Maybe you play Ultimate Team and you play Career Mode. If you do want Career Mode to get better... You kind of need to stop playing Ultimate Team... Or at least stop buying the cards. Because then once those card purchases slow down... And that money... Not stops, but slows down... Um... Yeah, you might have to think because if you look at some of these companies that are making greed led choices and they're thinking okay well, we're not going to bother changing because we're still getting the income however we're getting the income like with bad football owners and stuff they don't have a reason to stop and change their mind and sort it out until the those pockets get hurt so that's kind of the uh, i mean they, they do put some like some new stuff in there and there's different bits of presentation and stuff but as I said for for this year, EAFC Twenty Four is basically the same game as FIFA Twenty Three, and I can't remember the last time from like back to back Fifas that they felt this similar, all this like completely the same. Um, do you have any thoughts on like? Uh, I guess you know the overall consensus is sort of more competition for FIFA or the uh, EAFC yeah, Twenty Four uh, games.
1: I would say more competition for all the sports games for years. I mean, there's yeah, a reason yeah. why. Madden and NBA, that has a chance to grow in quite a long time because they haven't had competition in a really long time. Mm. And if you look at a game like uh, NBA 2K24, as bad as that game was and as bad as that uh, game came out, that was just uh, terrible. I think at one point it was rated at like 8% favorable on Steam. It was so badly broken. Mm. Um, yeah, it's because they let it come out in that state because they didn't care.
0: They knew they could get their money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: True, true. Um, but yeah, in terms of why they're not in the game, just explain that. Um, and yeah, you'd be surprised at some of the stuff that I mentioned there that just, well, that's why I did that podcast because those things aren't in the game and they should have been a long time ago. Uh, to finish off here, Beth writes in and says was just curious and wanted to ask about something else. Uh, how long does it typically take to set up a show and how does it differ for solo shows? Uh, well, it certainly takes effect, like with this podcast and when Robert cuts out now and again. Uh, I think we've managed to sort of get through it today. I'll have to do a little bit of editing but we've managed to kind of get through a little bit. Um, it's probably both easier and harder than what you'd think which i know doesn't make a lot of sense it it completely depends on okay what are you do di- what episode are you doing what are you talking about how many notes do you need do you need to look anything up um how off the cuff are you doing something because there's so many different types of ways formats links um releases that that you can do for podcasts there's so many different types of ways that you can come out with stuff it's not all just the same thing um have you got like how How many notes are you going to be reading how much is it just your opinion and stuff uh again how much do you need to look up um for the most part it's let's go with like a just a normal show it's usually just uh i set up the draft try to set up the draft before i record the episode um of course if there's a gaming talk one like this i go and you know Gather my stuff up in terms of screenshots I've taken or things I've written down for, for news throughout the week. Obviously talk about what we've been playing. Um, jot those things down. If there's something that like I've forgotten or just, oh, I'm writing about this game, who's developing it or whatever. Um, we don't always, always grab all those bits, but we we do the best we can with those. Um, it also depends on... Is there going to be breaking news two hours before? Was that going to change? That's happened a couple of times, to be honest. I've set up like notes two days before a show, and kept some of the stuff in two days later. But like the day in between that, there would be breaking news that would like change the title, change the formatted image. At, sorry, not the format at the featured image. Because uh, what I tried to do is write the three biggest things that we talk about. And then, okay, what's the biggest thing for that week? I try to put the picture for for, for that because I like to have a, sort of the headline thing. That doesn't always happen every single time, um, but for the most part, podcasts is okay. What what do you want to talk about? What is your opinion on that thing? How long is that going to take? And what information do you need to get that point across? Like I I've sometimes I've just jumped straight on a mic i reco- known exactly what I'm going to say for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, like, I've got... Not not a script written down, but I know exactly what I want to talk about, exactly what I want to say, and I'll just do it. Um, and with those shows, there's not much need for, like, editing or whatever, because I'll just... There's no... Okay, i pause to, you know, breathe now and again and stuff, but I'm able to just do things off the cuff sometimes. Um... So I I don't know if that kind of answers that question or whatever, but um I mean with solo shows obviously it's just whatever I've got planned. Obviously if it's a, a show with David or a show with with Robert, obviously we arrange the time and stuff. Um with you with the gaming talk, we also tell each other what we've got um written down before the show, and then of course like you because you surprised me and said oh I've got this Call of Duty thing. I was like okay we'll we'll combine that into one section rather than me talking about it then talk about something else and then switch over to you and then you go back to talking about that part so we kind of do it that way um with the recap like episode reviews i do with david that's mostly just again similar kind of thing but the notes are the scenes broken down of like so and so does this in the episode so and so does that and then we just give our you know opinion on that scene have a little exchange and then we keep doing that until we finish the podcast. And then, obviously, we always like to finish off with, um, with feedback. I don't know many shows or podcasts like this that don't finish with feedback um, or, you know, replies and that type of stuff. So um, any thoughts about how we set up the shows and all, all those sorts of things?
1: Uh, not so much thoughts. just But with my process, I have uh, three go-to websites for news, and I'll hit those a couple, three times during the week save any link that I find interesting, kind of edit that down to three or four. Yeah, so my process is I have uh, three kind of go-to websites for news. Uh, I spend a couple, three days, just random days hitting the sites, finding, looking for articles, something that might interest me, Uh, save the link if it does, try to whittle it down to three or four uh, pages so that we're not here forever, and then just go from there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah there we go um, alright yeah that's what we've got for the show for today I just realised I'm at the end of the notes so um, again if you've got any follow up questions or anything else like that about how we do shows and stuff um, then just uh, feel free to ask but in the meantime uh, we got through today's show <laughs> I'll have to do a bit of editing like I said but um, I will deal with that in a moment but in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, May Night podcast. Take a look at what we do. Uh, tomorrow, nothing tomorrow. Um, over the weekend, depending on you know energy levels, focus, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, of course, we've got the Fulham game. Um, planning to possibly finish off. Um, what's that show called again? Invasion. I've got the last episode left, so it's a possible season review for that. And then for another show. And also possibly seeing Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't know if I'll do all those things by the end of the weekend. I'll maybe sort of spread some of those out and stuff. Sometimes it's just good to spread things out a little bit. Spread spread out different uh, podcasts and stuff. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But that's what's planned. And then, of course, uh, no Gen V next week because it's finished. So next week will be United Cast, Gaming Talk, and whatever else we're going to be doing. So look out for those. But yeah, entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, Games, Films, may Night Podcast. Take a look out for all of those. Uh, If you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, of course, word of mouth, social media, let other people know about what we're doing, where they can find it. Um, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at those if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news, Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays, geekdown.co.uk. Have you noticed if David's uploaded a podcast this week? Because I've not seen anything come through yet. I don't know. uh...
1: I don't think he did, but that might be because... There was another convention this weekend, so he we might not have had time to upload one.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I know last week the show was delayed a little bit. He did get that one out. And uh, I know he posted a Loki interview with, with uh, somebody. So there was that. Uh, but in terms of the main show, I'm not sure as to uh, where that is. But that's over on David's side. That's Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays. Geek Uh Bex, you can find over on Twitch and other platforms. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, for all of her different streams and other stuff like that. Us, over on Twi- uh, Twitch, E-Talk UK, and YouTube, Entertainment Talk. Blaze, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.